There we go. We are back. Welcome back, guys, to Rankable episode 32. I'm your host, as usual, Jared Thomas, Senior Account Executive at iPool Rank. I'm joined today by a lovely co-host, the best AM in the game, Queen Chantel Branch. What's up, Queen? How Hello, are you? Jared. Hi. You know I'm going to shout you out. Yeah. I have to make that my Twitter handle at some point. In time. I'm going to take that clip and you're going to just put it. Anytime somebody asks you something, there you go, the Queen, baby. <laughs> And I just want to give a quick shout out to everybody watching today. Um, we have a very special, you know, special episode for you guys. We want to talk about the trends of digital media. And we're joined. You guys know I usually do the old, the old long drawn out, you know, intro, man. But I'm just going to drop the mic and say, I want to introduce you guys to the newly appointed CEO of Revolt Media and TV, man. Our brother, Detavio Samuels, man. How are you? What's up, good brother? How you doing? Peace, king oh. and queen. I'm, I'm hey. with you on shouting the queen out. Yes. <laughs> air yes. horns, air horns, lights. Absolutely, man. We're we're so proud and happy for you, man. I could imagine, and and um, you know, we're gonna get into your story and your journey. Before we do, man, I just want to give a quick shout out to my boys. You know, Case, happy birthday yesterday. Daddy loves you, Jamea. I know you're watching. If you're watching this, anything is possible, Papa. Love you. All right, but let's get to it, man. I would love to to start with your with your story, man. Uh, how is everything from beginning to to where you are today? Yeah. So for me, when I think about my story, I go back to my time at Duke um, in school. I was always a good student. Right. And and I was fortunate enough that it didn't take me a ton of work to be a good student. So by the time I got to Duke, I was able to do good work, be about a B plus student without doing any real work. Um, and so I did as little work as possible. And it was and it was because nothing excited me. Right. Um, second semester, senior year, I took my first marketing course and it was like my whole like heart set on fire, right? And I'm just a believer that God lays the breadcrumbs and you just got to follow them. And it just felt like all of the breadcrumbs had popped up out of nowhere for the first time in my life. And so it set me on the path towards marketing. Um, in quick study, I realized that all the CMOs at all the top companies had MBAs. And so I was going to need an MBA. Average age coming out of business school was 28, 29. I was 21 and I didn't want to wait that long. Mm. And so it set me on the path to figure out how to get to business school as quickly as possible. I ended up taking a business, uh, a job at Duke's Business School, Fuqua School of Business. Um, there I was running, leading, um, recruiting with people like Johnson & Johnson, IBM, et cetera. But then I was also able to build relationships with MBAs, sit in classes, learn early, and then really try to figure out how to get to school early. And so ended up applying to Duke and Stanford, got into both. My people at Duke who love me told me go to Stanford, uh, okay. took me to Stanford's campus and like fell in love. And so what Stanford did was take my MBA marketing goals and turn them into entrepreneurial goals mm -hmm. and start forming this like um, major entrepreneurial like hunger and appetite inside of me. Actually launched my first company while at Stanford. Um, so anyways, as I come out of Stanford, I'm doing global marketing at Johnson & Johnson and a startup in the background. Um, I quickly learned that I did not want to be on the client side at that time. <laughs> I thought that like you got to come up with all the ideas and do all the dope stuff. But it felt like that was all coming from the ad agencies, that I was just being a filter that would bring me five ideas. My job was to take the three or take the five, pick the two that worked and then pass them on. Right. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to do that job. So I left and went to the advertising side because I wanted to learn how to get to dope ideas and how to build these dope strategies. I want to be a part of the makers. Um, not necessarily the managers. And so I uh, went to Global Hue, who at the time was the number one multicultural agency in the nation, had Black, Latinx, and Asian all in the same space. They were the only ones who had that. And there I learned cultural marketing, right? I learned 
um, how to do black marketing. I learned how to take black insights and turn it into stuff that builds brands and build businesses. I learned how to see the through lines between black America, Latin America, et cetera. Right. Um, and then also what ends up happening is after, you know, a few good runs on that side, I start getting bored and making 30 second spots, right? We've now entered the world where people just want to uh, skip everything you make. If you make commercials, the only thing people want to watch is when you're in the Super Bowl. So once a year, people paid attention to what we made, right? Mm -hmm. That nobody really cared. And at the same time, I had just taken over the Jeep business. So we were running Jeep uh, mainstream, uh, uh, meaning cross-culturally, not just the multicultural piece. We were running mm -hmm. all of Jeep. Yeah. Um, and so anyways, from there, we'd like a super dope CMO who's still there named Olivier Francois enter, uh, introduces me to the world of branded entertainment. We made many movies with Lenny Kravitz. We took Beats by Dre and put them in Chrysler Dodge, et cetera. We then put those vehicles in, 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 in music videos with 50 Cent, Will I Am, right? Mm -hmm. And so now I'm watching how all of these things that tell the brand story are now not getting ignored, but they're putting up tens, if not hundreds of millions of views. And so that gets my heart excited about the notion of branded entertainment. So mm -hmm. when Kathy Hughes and Alfred Liggins uh, came calling and they were like, you wanna come to the media side? I was like, yeah, I wanna jump to the place where you create content, people choose to consume, mm -hmm. not the stuff that's interrupting. Yeah. So I go uh, work for Kathy Hughes and Alfred Liggins. There I build an agency inside of a media company. So I learned how to do that. Alfred also gives me the digital business. So I learned digital media. I'm so grateful he gave me that shot and that opportunity. Nobody else would have given a young 35, 36 year old black man, a digital media company who, who knew nothing about running a digital media company. Mm -hmm. right? Shout out to him, man. <laughs> but he believed and he gave me that shot and we went on a phenomenal, phenomenal run. Um, last year was the highest they've ever finished. We beat every goal that he set out from the time I took over last year, they beat every goal that was ever set. Um, so we ended up having a great run and I appreciated his faith. And so now here I am, that's the long walk, right? I'm at Revolt, which um, started as a cable network, excited about the future. Digital is where we have to grow. It's where the right. business is going. And so I am blessed in the fact that I learned how to run an agency. Then I learned how to build an agency inside of a media company. I learned how to run a digital media company. So now I'm at Revolt and we're doing all of the above, right? Where we built an agency, we're pushing forward on the digital space. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a really exciting time to be at Revolt. That's great. So it's like a culmination. You were you were in you were in ninja training and you didn't even know. That's it. That like when I tell you I wake up every day thanking God, like when I just see how the dots connect. I don't know if you know that Steve Jobs commencement speech he gave at Stanford. He tells this whole story, right? How the dots always connect in reverse. And like I can just look back over the course of my career and just see how how amazing it is that the dots connect so perfectly in reverse. Yeah, it's good. Only it's do great. it. I was gonna ask you too, man, because I'm curious, like what was the what was the interview process like for Revolt and what was like the first interaction with Diddy? Yeah. Have to ask. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So the interview process was probably just a normal interview process. Got hit by the recruiter, had conversations with the people at the top who are my current boss, Tark, who runs all of uh, the chairman's businesses, whether it's liquor or education or media. Tark leads all of it. And it was the CEO at the time who was an amazing woman named Roma Connor. So typical kind of process there. In terms of my first interactions with um, the chairman, I'll say it's two things. The first time we meet, is over the phone. And what I'll say for there is kind of like the big thing I walked away with was just authenticity, both in terms of himself. 
I think that there's very small gap between the man that you see and the man that he shows up as in, in private. And so he was his authentic self. And then he also was just encouraging me to be my authentic self, right? I showed up with a t-shirt on, but I put a blazer on and you know, a couple of things just to try to be a little halfway impressive, wasn't quite mm-hmm. sure how to show up. And you know, as soon as I say something like, oh, I go to work every day in sneakers with my tattoos out, whatever, you know, he's like, well, come on, man, would you show up looking like different from me for men, right? Like, <laughs> like take a blazer off, let me see who you are, right? So he let me unwrap and present myself and my authentic self. Um, we talked about business, we talked about spirituality and like mm-hmm. just dope that we were able to have that type of interaction. And then the first time I met him in person, which was still during the process, what I would just say, and it continues to be true, is that Puff is like, um, he puts a battery in your back. It's like, um, I, I, I believe that I am a visionary leader. I don't think I've ever really worked for a visionary leader. And so it was my first time being on the opposite side of that energy and seeing what it was like. Anytime you're in a conversation with him, it makes you feel like you can run through 20 walls. <laughs> and so I felt it on that day and I still continue to feel it in our conversations. And it's a big reason why I ended up coming. That's great. I really, I seriously wish you big success. I think that Revolt from the beginning was very exciting. You know, the whole idea of um, unapologetically hip hop. I think that you will take that mantle, pick it up and, and run it further. Um, you want to ask you a question about um, authenticity and digital presence. So mm-hmm. oftentimes we're towing this line about our personal, how we present ourselves digitally from a personal side versus how we present ourselves digitally from a professional side. I think you do a really good job of crossing over to being a real person on your social medias and also expressing your professional interests as well as your personal interests. Do you have any insights or advice for other folks of how to best feature that for themselves? Because some of us will make our pages private or some of us will never, will block all of our coworkers or just how do you manage to be so cool but still be professional and not get yourself in any trouble. And, and, and unblock me too, Chantel. Block me down. He's <laughs> <laughs> not playing with me. <laughs> you know, uh, it's such a great question. I think everybody just has to figure out their own goals and objectives. Um, and so there are going to be certain people who live certain lives. And if your goal is to present yourself in a certain way, then there are going to probably be pieces of your life that you're going to have to be careful about showing. My personal goal is the same thing I just told you is what I believe to be true with, with Puff, which is to have as little gap between the, the me you see in the professional world and the me you see in the personal world. Right. I want to try to show up as my authentic self in all spaces. I long been tired of the work of wearing the mask and trying to present myself differently. And so literally, this is going to sound so stupid. I don't think I've ever said this in an interview, but um, there's a show on Netflix called The Travelers. Have you, have either one of you? Have, have no, you tell me about it. So The Travelers is this, um, and season one was really dope, but it's essentially people from the future who come back into the past, which is today's world, mm-hmm. um, in order to change things so that the future can be better, right? Oh, okay. The way they do that is they take over people's bodies at the moment of death so that they're not killing them. They're okay. just showing up and taking over essentially like a body and a corpse. The way they find the bodies is through social media. And mm-hmm. so they're studying how people are and what they talk about and how they behave. Mm-hmm. And my favorite, one of my favorite stories mm-hmm. in the show is the doctor who comes back 
takes over this woman who has presented herself as a superhero um, on social media, come to find out she wrestles with all of these medical issues, mental mm. health issues, takes over a body that is actually not um, prepared to do the work that she needs to do. Mm. Anyway, I say that whole long story to say that when the aliens, which I don't really believe in, or the futures, <laughs> I want them, if you ever coming back to take over my body, if you ever coming back to take over my, I want you to know exactly who I was, right? I, I want you to know exactly who I am. I don't want any mistakes. I don't want them in the future and I don't want them today. I want people that, so that's my brief and that's the brief I give myself. And so um, I try to be as transparent as, as much of an open book as possible. <laughs> been interesting for me actually in that world is actually showing the 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 unpleasant side mm -hmm. and so um because i tend to be so kind of like optimistic and inspirational and motivational mm -hmm. um the hard part for me was actually showing the bad for like when i was sad or frustrated or disappointed mm -hmm. and people come at me like nobody wants to hear that nobody wants to hear steve jobs talk about a bad day nobody wants to hear you know what i mean yeah. and, and so that was actually the work for me which was to force people to understand that i'm a whole person right. and if i'm going to <laughs> whole self, you're going to get the pleasant and the unpleasant. That right. was actually the hardest part for me, just getting people to allow me to not be inspirational and motivational all of the yeah, time. Yeah. You know, we're just dealing with life. Right. Because you're not an avatar, you're a person. That's exactly sure. right. And, yeah. and what you realize, so when I was young, um, in my 20s, like, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm leading teams at like 26. And wow. the way I'm showing up is probably like in trying to be perfect because I feel mm -hmm. like I got to show up for the team and be perfect. And mm -hmm. what I quickly learned in my 20s was that nobody follows a perfect leader. Nobody believes that a perfect leader is real. Nobody believes that a perfect leader is being authentic. So if you show up as perfect, it makes people wonder, what are you not showing me? What are you not giving me? Can exactly. I try to And so then it was like, oh, y'all want me to be imperfect? Cool. <laughs> There's a, a Japanese concept called wabi sabi, which is all about like embracing the beauty in life that comes from the imperfection mm -hmm. um, through the cracks and the scrapes and the scrubs. Yep. We actually get to be our most beautiful self. And mm -hmm. so I embrace that. And that's what I just try to show, which is my imperfect, flawed human self doing the best I can with what I got. Excellent. Yeah, I'm so I'm so glad you brought that up. And great question too, Chantel. Because I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I struggle with that too. But on the flip side, because this is how I built my brand on LinkedIn, right? But when I come, I do videos, I do posts, I show up like this, right? At first, I'm like, well, how would that affect my professional career, right? What if they're CEOs, CMOs who want to do business with me and say, oh, who's that brother? But on the flip side, I've getting I've gotten emails and DMs from people from Africa, Germany, from DC. They're like, brother, I love you, man, and keep doing what you do. And it's like. I'm, I'm trying to balance the same thing, man. But so I'm so glad that you're like, yo, just be you. Yeah, because ultimately you are you. And I'm assuming this is like if this is the world you want to be in, you want people to hire you for this. Right. Yeah. Like you're the job where you're going to be the happiest is where you get to be this and do this. Right. So why show the world anything else? Like I want people to be attracted to me for the thing that I bring. If it does not work, like, um, you know, if I would have had conversations with Revolt, like I'm going to tell them exactly who I am and exactly what I'm bringing. If you don't want that it's all good. It just means it's a bad partnership. Not that there's anything mm -hmm. wrong with me. Right. So exactly. I'm all a fan of like showing who you want to be in that professional space and attracting the energy that's that's willing to look at it. Yeah, that's a wonderful millennial professional mindset that you have, because um, I think previous generations always try to formulate themselves into what the broader power structure wanted. And I think that for millennials, what's happening is you're breaking out of that saying, look, this is who I am. And sometimes I curse. And I also have a side hustle and I also have interests. 
everything I do is not fixated and focused. Um, so that was also what I was asking about as it related to the digital side. Sometimes some of us have additional interests. So you'll have a excellent salesperson who's also an excellent communicator. How do you, when you're dealing with your team, you do you feel like that's something that you want to encourage to keep their fires going? Like, what, what do you think about that? Yeah. So I'm going to talk about that. I want to say, I'm going to talk about the big machine and the small machine. So just mm -hmm. remind um, really quickly so that I make sure to the point we just finished that I don't leave it too open. So I think um, my idea for when you've gone too far mm -hmm. uh, in terms of showing up as your, as your authentic self, someone once told me um, this line and it has stuck with me that who you are is so loud, I can't hear you. And so that's what I would say to people, mm -hmm. be yourself until you are at the point where who you are is so loud that people can't hear you. Right. You are is not your earrings, by the way, who you are is not, like, so be very careful about how you are defining who you are and what is your identity, but also just this notion that as long as it is not disrupting people from hearing your genius when you walk into the room, then you should be able to function in that capacity. So that's right. that note. Um, in terms of the question you just asked, so I'm a big believer in like a big machine and a small machine. I mm -hmm. believe that everybody needs both. The job is the big machine. It's the thing that pays your bills um, and funds the small machine, right? Mm -hmm. Where you actually get to like learn and experiment and play, right? And so I think about it. If you think about it, like Wu Tang, Wu Tang is going to come together and build a corporate album, but it's going to have to be within the realms of what everybody wants and probably Rizzo, whoever is driving, right? But when ODB breaks out, when Method Man breaks out, now we get to hear your. Now you get to figure out your sound all by yourself, and then when you come back to the big machine, you're able to bring all of that, right? So I'm a fun. I'm a full believer that the small machine feeds the big machine, and the big machine feeds the small machine, and people should be able to have and do both. And then I think it's also true at work. And so um, my rule at work is like you know what your mom used to tell me: tell you you can play outside after you get your homework done. Yeah. So, you got a job, get that job done, finish it with excellence because we're trying to do excellence in everything that we do. But right. when it's done, if you have other interests, it is our job to grow giants, to allow people to play in other spaces and experiences. So super open as long as people are performing and doing the job that they're being asked to do. Yeah, that's that's excellent. That's a great mindset. Also, we are now best friends because <laughs> the Wu-Tang Clan is my favorite rapper okay. of all. Okay. Um, so, Who's your favorite though? Who's your favorite? No, they are my favorite. My second favorite rap group is Mob Deep. So that tells you everything you need to know about me. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> You're from New York? I am from Queens, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know Queens. Mob Deep yeah, gotta yeah. be Queens, you know? That gotta represent. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I actually grew up in Colorado, so I was very much a West Coast. Like, you know, it's the East yeah. Coast. I was very much in the West Coast, but Wu-Tang and Mob Deep both broke through for me in like a really, really big way. My yeah. high school crew used to call ourselves the zoo crew. Remember, <laughs> he was like, who you we say, uh, Brooklyn Zoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to do that. That was like my little, that was my click. We still friends to this day. Oh, I love That's it. I love that. <laughs> and to tell you too, I wanted to ask you like, cause you, you guys, you know, Revolt, man, I watch Revolt all the time. Like I know you guys have your ear to the streets or in the post on what's going on in the industry. Like, and Jim shouted you out for the weatherman show. Cause he said how you kind of put it behind the scenes. And I thought that was a genius idea. So I've been following Jim from early Dipset, but like, yeah. what is the criteria? How do you identify new shows for the network? Um, yeah. Like the crew league and things like that. What is the process? Yeah, so anybody can reach out and hit us. Ultimately, what we do is direct people to a portal we have online. And, you know, we have a team who is just scouring through all of the ideas and trying to bubble up the best ideas to the top. Mm -hmm. But in general, what I would say is we are shifting our model to 
match who we are and to mm. match what I believe to be the times that we're in, specifically around unscripted work. Right. And so um, whereas most people look to develop hit shows and then find talent to put into it, we are looking for the dopest talent and then collaborating with them to build shows. So we believe that hip hop is busting with ideas. You've seen um, Tim and Swiss with verses, right? There are million verses out there. We don't have to do all of the work ourselves. We just have to be connected to the right people, which we are. And uh, we are also very passionate about helping black genius get, you know, um, be amplified. And so like, that's exactly what Jim Jones was. Jim been doing the weather for two, probably three years. It's not a new idea. He was already putting big numbers up on it. And so where I see our value is hip hop is gonna have ideas. They're gonna have engaged audiences. What we can bring the storytelling mm -hmm. capability, a production capability, yep. all of those things to take it to the next level. And so that's what we're doing. So the show we launched with Jim, pure collaboration. The show we launched with Justin LeBoy, pure collaboration. Mm -hmm. I think of it more as almost like a music label model like that. I was just about to ask. Like, you know, you find the talent, then you go in the studio. Like mm -hmm. we are definitely kind of on that track right now. But what, what if they have the talent, but don't necessarily have the audience? Would that still be something that you'd look at? Uh, so my answer is yes. So the answer is absolutely yes. We have a super dope show called, um, a franchise called Short and Fresh, which is all about emerging okay. creators, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And so um, that actually launched in February. And so we always want to give love to that. But the reason you got you saw me get stuck is because I think I have like um, a really big idea that I want to be able to do around that, but I just don't have the resources. And so when I have the resources, so right now we're fueling like that top level, like the A-list celebs, big names, that type mm -hmm. of thing, but there will absolutely, I believe there's room for another layer to just like help dope talented people, even if they don't have the audience, like unleash their genius. Yeah. Um, so ho hopefully one day in the, in the future, we're dreaming big. It's, 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 it's on the plan. It's just not out yet. Yeah, if you want some C-list, you know, Rankable is a hard show I heard. It's crazy. <laughs> it's like, it, it's hard. The streets are talking. I'm trying to tell <laughs> you. People love the house. They feel like they got this nice little back and forth. <laughs> you know, got a shameless plug. I had to do it. Uh, one thing I do want to call out is that, um, especially because you are talking to the black community, the fact that you do produce really long form news art news pieces is amazing. Um, and I hope to see more growth from that. But what Ebony K. Williams is doing on Revolt TV is pretty great. Mm -hmm. I, I enjoy it. And I found it really helpful over throughout the election cycle because I'm a little bit of a politically minded person and I like to see these stories being told and there are gaps in other spaces where they're not filling it. So I hope that somewhere on your list of things to do, there'll be a little bit more of that stuff because it is definitely a value to it for nerds like me. Oh yeah, so look, um, Revolt Black News is one of um, the chairman's like top priorities, right? His vision is that it is a CNN or a BBC like global in nature. Yeah. Um, we also know that people are not diving into our stories in the way that they should investigative journalism, yeah, right? Like what if you could unleash like journalists on Breonna Taylor's story on, you know what I mean? Like yeah. let's go find the truth for ourselves. Right. And so we are also thinking like, of Revolt Black News. And mm -hmm. again, um, I'm in a space where we are raising capital because the biggest mm -hmm. thing we need to do um, to unleash our dreams is be able to fund them. Um, but trust me, Robert, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's not going to let us get away with doing anything small over there. Promise. It is the, the For sure. Of, uh, do you have McDonald's money? 
but at a very high level. Yes. Yeah, so look, 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 let me tell you, McDonald's has been great partners. Um, mm -hmm. I have good relationships all the way from the CMO to the head of brand to the black owner operator. Um, uh, and like, and I can see them doing work. I can see them moving. I can see them um, trying to do better for black folks and championing black folks. So yeah, they're giving us money. They're trying to do more. And I appreciate the folks at McDonald's. Nice. Sure. Yeah. Um, and you have to yeah, McDonald's, I always make fun of people when they don't remember the, the Martin Luther King ad. Do you remember that ad? The light of candle ad? It, I'm a little bit older than you, so there was okay. an ad for Black History Month that McDonald's used to have that was a song that I'm not singing because- No, sing it because it's the only thing, so my memory's not good. I need like things to trigger it. No. Dude, this is how we take the pod to the next level, Chantel. You gotta sing it. <laughs> no, not even, not even an option. <laughs> take us to the next level, Chantel. Please do it. You, I'll send you a link to the YouTube. Okay, okay. I'm sure I know it. You're gonna go, oh my God, I know it for sure. I thought you were gonna talking about Calvin. Is that his name, Calvin? No, this oh, is that's a, the old school. This is a gospel choir. And every Christmas, every every February, this ad would run for you. Okay, send it to me. I'm sure I know it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you too, Tavio. Like, what are you know? I know I've got a lot of family watching, a lot of brothers from my neighborhood that are watching, and one that aspire to be in your position. So, <laughs> what what are some of the things, or what advice would you give to somebody, even myself, um, that you know wants to be in the C level suite? What are some of the things that you've overcome, and what's your best advice that you would give to even yourself ten years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I literally have like a billion ideas. Um, let me see which ones we want to talk about today. So one of my favorite ideas that I talk about all the time is uh, train on Krypton, play on Earth. And so it's a Superman analogy, right? So if you know Superman, Superman was this super whatever human being. But what people forget is that Krypton was an entire planet of super beings, right? And so Superman is special, but he's not as special, right? Fast forward, you come to Earth where the man is flying through the air, shooting mm -hmm. out of his eyeballs. Like it's something like we've never seen before. Right. And so key to my strategy and my success has been training on Krypton, training with the best of the best of the best, and then mm -hmm. going to play on Earth where my unique gifts, my unique talents yep. be separated and I can be seen. Okay. Um, when you are the A player at the company, you get more opportunities, you get more shots, you get more exposure, right? And I think a lot of times people get confused. They will go to a company full of where they will be a C player amongst a bunch of A's instead of an A player amongst a bunch of C's. And so I just think figuring that out is, is relatively critical. Um, the other one that I'll give you, and again, like it, it just depends on what area you wanna be in, is like I talked a lot about this idea of jumping ladders. And so oftentimes we believe that the fastest path is to the top is straight up. Um, right not true at all, right? Mm -hmm. So if you look at, um, and the example that I use before I use myself is look at the president of the United States. If it was true that the fastest path was straight up, most presidents would have been mayors, governors, right? In Congress and yeah. then president. I think it's happened like three or four times. More than likely what you see is stuff like President Trump who came from the business world and jumped onto a whole new ladder, right? Take that same skill set, but now apply it to politics. Mm -hmm. That is definitely key to how I've built my career, right? So I started in the client side on strategy, went to the ad agency, skipped a bunch of levels, right? Started off as a supervisor, made my way to president, couldn't even read a media plan, jumped to running, right? At a, a cross-platform sales at a media company, right? Never led a TV network, jumped to, right? Leading a TV 
Like, so the idea of being able to take the things that I know that these industries need and there's value there and leveraging that to jump over to the next ladder and to the higher rung has been super critical to my success as well. Yeah. Love that, man. And something that you say supports something I've heard you say before, um, you had referenced the book Empower Yourself mm -hmm. and about the idea that sometimes specific, not all black folks, but sometimes minorities get stuck in the idea of metatocracy yeah. through your career and finding out that that is not the case and never grabbing that understanding and doing what you're saying, which is jump the ladders, thinking that if you just are linear, you have the right degree from the right school with the right major, and you work the hardest and you stay the latest, everything's going to happen, only to find out that that's not the case. You do have to, kind of circling back to what you said before, show up as your real self and yeah. connect the you to the work and then hopefully nice. allow that to advance you. So yeah. I do, I love the fact that our conversation is a continuation of other conversations I've heard you a super authentic person, which is very exciting to see. Um, but you had that book, I actually ordered it. So good, yeah. yeah. I mean, you run into it all of the time, right? So, like the insight that um, that the reason people get promoted is not because of a meritocracy. Like that insight is such a big insight, and I think it's a big insight for Black folks, right? Because we're taught you got to work twice as hard to be happy. You have to work twice as hard because it's a whole different game, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like yeah. the idea, like he puts it into math and says. Um, the meritocracy part, performance is only 10% of what it takes to be promoted, right? Mm -hmm. That gets you into the consideration set. And mm -hmm. so if you're F player, D player, C player, you're not considered, but probably B plus, A minus, A's, they're all in the consideration set. That's the first 10%, right? Mm -hmm. Then it's like 60%, um, exposure, or maybe it's like 50% exposure and must be like 30% image, right? And so the idea that um, how people see you in the building, mm -hmm. say, hey, when they talk about Jared, what does he like? What does he bring? Like that image is like a huge piece of it, which we don't want to believe. We just want to believe that it's all about here, right? Yeah. But how people per perceive our brand image is big. And then the last one is exposure. If the people at the top who make the decisions don't know who you are, you have absolutely zero chance. You can be the best performer in the building, but if you're invisible, you yeah. have shot right and so teaching black folks that yes you got to perform but baby that's just table stakes right mm -hmm. now you got to make sure that the right people know you and that what they know about you is promotable right mm -hmm. and you don't play that game as well um, and, 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 that. and stop relying on someone else to be your advocate oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. however you got to get there find yeah. 10 champions be your own champion yeah, yeah. <laughs> back then i was talking about like when we're in school there are people who are doing it for us. You have teachers, you have yeah. counselors, there's people who wake up every day thinking, how do I take care of Jared and Chantel, right? Mm -hmm. Like that, that's their job. When you're a grown up, nobody does that. It's your job. You gotta yeah. build your own lesson plan. You gotta build your own syllabus. You gotta build your own connections, right? Yeah. And I also think we're just not good at that. Yeah, and manage my Instagram accounts for my job <laughs> my side hustle. So it's like, yeah, right. then I have to do that, then I have to make sure I post, and then I have to record with Jared. So it's just a lot. That has it's to a lot, yeah. <laughs> we are all running our own little agencies of ourselves. Thousand yeah. percent. That's great. Thousand our own media companies, right? Mm -hmm. My entire bet on talent is because I believe that the future of media is influencer. Because now Will Smith and Cardi B have bigger media audiences than BET, Revolt, ABC.
combined. You know what I mean? Like, and so those are the people who have the audience and those people are getting better and better at programming every single day, because to your point, we are all running like little media companies on our mm -hmm. own. Yeah. You got 200 people following you or 2 million, right? Yeah. We're all in our own little media companies. It's a That's lot of work. so true. I'm a micro influencer, obviously. That's right. Obviously. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm on I'm on a nano level. I'm a little slower, a little smaller than that. Chantel got me beat, but I'm trying to get there, brother. <laughs> me too, me too. It's never been something I focused on building my brand, so I'm real nano too. I'm small. Man, yeah. you're, you're lit in real life, man. So I'm gonna let you know. <laughs> you're lit in real life. And I know it came up on time, man. I swear yeah. I, I wish we, I've got so many other questions I want to ask, but I know I don't want to take too too much more of your time. But I just want to say thank you, brother, for inspiring. I know myself. Chantel and the other many other professionals, especially the black professionals out here, man, to let us know that there are opportunities out there. There are ways we can climb the ladder with being our authentic mm -hmm. selves, man. And, and you paid it forward. You know, I gave you a I shot you a video on LinkedIn. It was a 30 second video with a hat on. I'm like, brother, I'm the father of two. And that would mean so much to me, man. And you just said, brother, I got you, man. And I just want to say I thank you so much. I'm so grateful. We're blessed for this opportunity and we, we're rooting for you, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's um, it's so interesting because I'm so not trained to look at myself and the love that has poured out over the last 24 hours has just been amazing. And then it makes me question, like, what is it about me that is allowing people to cheer for me? And so I appreciate you also for putting some of those things into words, because it is important to understand where like our strength and our power is. Yeah. And um, we often can't see it. You need other people to tell you. So and true. so things. Thank you for the flowers. Thank you for the love. Thank you for the insights to help me continue to be the best me that I can be. Uh, appreciate the time with you both. Uh, I'm going to say king and queen. Thank you, king. Thank you, king. You need me to come back. Oh, All right, man, definitely will hit you up, man. Have a great one, man. Enjoy. And thank you for everybody who tuned in. We'll see you next week for Rankable. I'm your host, Jared Chantel. Tavio. We'll see you guys soon. Bye. Peace. Peace out.